empowering the gift of administration. I'm going to sit down. I don't need to stand up and preach at you. It's a small group. We can talk. We can dialogue. We can interact. Um, I first want to say who I am, where I am at, and then you guys can say sort of what you what you do and why you're interested in this class. I live in the Dayton area. I'm um, I was pastor of Connections for several years, and then I'm ordained, and there was a transition. So then I. I no longer work at a church, but when I was being ordained, I had to do an internship, and we had to do a project. And I saw how um, the mentoring task force that was just being launched at that time, how they needed help. And I have administrative skills, and I was never officially diagnosed with it, <laughs> but per se, but I was, um, I kind of just stumbled upon it gradually. Thank you. And. Um, and so basically, I helped launch, assisted uh, the director, hi, with the mentoring task force. And, and so I have administrative skills that I never really knew or identified. I just kind of started walking and the things that got opened the doors. And then I'm like, oh, I can do this. Or I can do event planning. And I have natural administrative like logistic. Oh, hi. Well, I just started just, just to share how I'm... Um, Katrina Miller and how I just gradually discovered I have administrative skills never really fully took a test I just kind of would do things I was a 5k run race director and then I organized this and that and I'm like wow okay and then when I worked at my church in Springboro Ohio for like six years I was just kind of the go-to person come on in <laughs> and, um, and so I just sort of gradually grew into my gifts and understood it identified it and um, I do have a heart for ministry, but I believe that administration is very strong. And I was going to ask everyone to go around and just say, like, like, what do you do? Like, and why are you here? We're really happy you are. And just sort of share your interest in the class. So whoever would like to start, David. Oh, good. I'm Sheila. Uh, for the last four and a half years, I've been an administrative assistant at Eastside Community Church. Um, God has recently moved my husband and I on from that church um, to pursue full-time ministry. Um, we don't know what that's going to look like yet. We're still praying through that. And um, my husband is a great preacher, a great counselor, a great, you know, pastor, but like you said, administration is not his thing. <laughs> um, so I just want to learn even more than I already do know um, to help him whenever and wherever we are. 
administrate. I'm Kathy. Um, I'm from the Bell Mountain Church. Um, I've been working at the church for twenty one years now. Um, and I think I've done a little bit of everything except preach. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just, I love the church, you know, and I just want to see it be everything that it can be. Amen. I'm Susie from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, let me say things one of my passion. I work as a director of the hospital care in a hospital. I do a lot of administration and ministry. Um, so my hope is how we can balance ministry and administration. Mm. Amen. Hi, I'm Dorothy. We're to New Beginnings. Um, church in Columbus, here in Columbus. I have many roles, um, being the church treasurer, also the assistant to the pastor, and the women's leader, and I sit on the board, and I'm working on being credentialed. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, so that's Amen. Well, the title of this is um, Empowering the Gift of Administration, and I wanted to start just by sh- talking about um, the, the body of Christ, and, and the, it is a gift. Um, if you've to identify the gift, like does organization and logistics come easy? When somebody has a task to do, does your brain automatically think boom, 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 and you got it all planned out? <laughs> and so, I mean, that's how administrators think. They have um, logistic, organizational, detailed minds um, and empowering the gift of administration, not elevating it above others, but just sometimes people might underestimate it they might like here's the table here's the platform of all the other ministry gifts and people might think oh I'm an administrator and I'm here to like reach up bring you to the level playing field and for you to see it is a gift and and there's two of you that are uh, mentioned like the administration and a ministry and public sector and so we could make sure we have a dialogue regarding that as well if there's like specific questions, we can have dialogue. But what is in my um, thoughts is just to identify, first of all, the gift of administration. And it's, uh, in, it's an individual gift in the body of Christ in general. Like there's individual gifts collectively together make up the body of Christ. And, you know, I think of Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> I have kids, you know. But, you know, like, if you took, like, an arm and you stuck it out of its head and you had all arms and, you know, like, if where would the seeing eyesight be if you had, if you were all mouths? You know what I mean? So we all have a place. So one thing that I want you to leave with today is understanding your gift, but also knowing that you have a critical part in the body of Christ. And to inflate you just in your heart like just know that it is a gift and then when you see that it'll be like you'll walk in it 
in a greater capacity. It's, it won't be with your head down or I'm not a preacher, I'm not the mouth. No. So we're going to look at that, but we have individual gifts. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 31. I won't read the whole passage, but in a sense, it's like the body is a unit, and though it's comprised of many parts, it makes up the whole. Um, I know we got to a late start, so I want to make sure that we watch the clock. So I'll bring my phone up here. Um, and so I'm going to read verse 27, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each of you is a member of it. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, workers of miracles and those with gifts of healing and helping and administration and various tongues are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers do all work miracles etc and so but earnestly desire the greater gifts and i'll show you a way that is beyond comparison so we each are a member as you know and um, the whole body is dependent upon one another and some are more visible and some aren't but that doesn't make us less worth Less worth, but um, Ephesians 4:11. Like, what is the purpose of our gift? Ephesians 4:11, and he gave some apostles and prophets and some evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we get a team player mentality, and we we work and we function with the body so ultimately gifts are given for the body of christ to be perfected and unified so we can all collectively do the work of the ministry i bet if you didn't do the work that you were doing for your pastor um that <laughs> things would collapse i mean there is such a need um, there's this analogy i heard about a car when you go to look at a car lot and you look at the um car you might walk around it you'll um, check out the tires and you'll see how it does this and that you might lift the hood look at the engine but you're not going to pull the dipstick out and say oh what kind of oil is this it's like you don't really need to care what kind of oil it is you need to know about the other features and you don't even need to see the oil you just you just need to know it's there and that it's working because without the oil you, the car will not function and so in a sense you know <laughs> a lot of work is behind the scenes um, and at any point, I want a dialogue. I, I mean, I've got a few, you know, my notes. I've got about, you know, what is the gift of administration? And I'm really excited to share about the Greek word, because I never really thought of it that way. But, um, but I first want to say, what is the gift of administration? It's a special God-given ability to plan, organize tasks, and follow through um, with the this gift, the Holy Spirit enables certain Christians to organize, direct, and implement plans to lead others in the various ministries of the church. And it's closely related to the gift of leadership, but it's more goal or task orientated. And it's also more concerned with the details of organization. So how many of you feel like you have like the gift of administration and then um, you understand like how leadership and how like it comes together. I know you, you're thinking corporate world, and you mentioned you were in the co corporate world and ministry. Um, I work in a hospital. And, um, have, and do you have, like, do you work in an administrative capacity? I do. And how would you tie in administrative in a ministry versus in a hospital, like corporate setting? 
again, um, my perspective, unfortunately or fortunately, working in um, a church, um, in a corporate setting, administration is basically management rather than more of uh, uh, administration <coughs> from my experience because We don't have so many new projects. We don't have uh, um, a huge planning. Uh, it's like a basic day-to-day -day planning. Um, so my work as an administrator in a hospital is more planning just day-to-day -day and managing what is already planned out rather than more of a, a full-fledged or sophisticated planning and administration. So there's a difference, like basically people could not even know the Lord and they could be administrators in a hospital, but yet how would you say that would be different, say in a ministry setting um, with a gift of administration where it's an empowerment and it's a capability, like, what's, like how would you distinguish the two? I mean, you're doing kind of the same thing, but when it's like an empowerment, I think I know it comes easy. Like if it's a natural gifting, it's like an empowerment. And there's just something you just know, like it just kind of comes naturally. Is there any other distinction or any other, like what's the difference? Any thoughts? In corporate realm and in the church? Yeah, with a gift of like administration. Like I know, like I'm telling you that the gift of administration, it's an empowerment and God-given capabilities, um, it's not a natural skill base. No, but I think it transfers into the corporate world. Mm -hmm. You know, as Christians and believing in Christ, yes. you know, we know that it's an empowerment, but, you know, people are born with administrative skills all the time, yeah. you know, and I think it transfers, mm -hmm. but with it being an empowerment, and the more, the closer you get to Christ, mm -hmm. I think the way you look at it changes. And mm -hmm. it becomes more of a ministry and less of a job. Yes. And I've grown into my gift. I never really knew. I didn't really have opportunities to develop and grow. And I kind of stumbled upon, I'm like, oh, I can do this. And I would just do it. I was drawn to doing certain tasks, like a 5K run race director, and I can organize things. I'm like, oh, you know, it just kind of gradually grew into it. But, um, but the Greek word for the spiritual gift of administration is, I'm going to spell it, K-U-B-E-R-N-E-S-I-S. K-U-B-E-R-N-E-S-I-S. I could guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds right. But the Greek word, it's like a unique term that refers to a shipmaster or a captain. And the literal meaning is to steer or to be a helmsman or to rule or govern. It carries the ideal of someone who guides and directs a group of people towards a goal or a destination. It's a God-given capacity to lead or guide the church through storms and difficult seas. And how many of you administrators can say amen to that? <laughs> you know, um, but basically it's to steer the ship into port. So it's like a nautical word um, like about sh um, ships at sea. And it has the flavor of a navigator, someone who gives direction. 
So you that have that do administration, um, it's like you steer the ship, in a sense. There's a, that word is also used, you know, in First Corinthians, but also in Acts 27.1, I'm sorry, 27.11, where Paul speaks to the navigator and warns of the impending danger. Like, he's on a boat. And so basically, um, he, they have some level of authority. So a pilot he would get on a, sh a boat and go to this big ship and he would bring it into the port, into the harbor. Because the captain, he can sail the sh um, seas and he can um, direct the boat like on the sea, but each port is different. And so this person would be hired to go and go out to a ship and then navigate it in to the harbor. So that's kind of what you guys administrators do. You steer steered the ship it's like you're under authority but you have authority and so like the, the captain says hey I want to go this way you're like nope the wind conditions and all of the factors are favorable towards doing it this way so you have authority but you're under authority so with your gift of administration you have authority but you're under authority if your pastor needs a, an event planned he might give the final goal goal, but then you do all the details, and you make it happen, and you implement it. So when you go to work, and you're operating in that gift, just think, I am a ship captain. <laughs> you know, I am steering this ship into the harbor. <laughs> but um, so it's like he takes authority, but he's under authority. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, like a, somebody, like a, I wrote a merch man may have a cargo and hire a vessel navigator to take the cargo to a destination. So the Cooper, K-U-B-E-R-N-E-S-I-S, -E I should be able to say that, um, he takes authority to get it safely into the harbor. So you are getting this ship safely into the harbor. Um, but the practical side of the gift of administration, um, it could be a blessing, but you need to use it in the right way. Sometimes people with this gift, they see the task at hand, but they might ignore the people. <laughs> you know, they might want to be so task orientated, it's like, get out of my way, I'm gonna, you know, get the ship into the harbor. And so that's one thing. Um, but also, like, we don't want to steamroll over people. We want to lead and direct, and we also want to help pull things out of people. So when you have the gift of administration, it's so easy to be strong and project goal orientated, but needing to pull back um, and be sensitive to people and draw out their gifts as well. Um, we always need people who are task orientated, and I know pastors definitely need people to help them. Um, I had asked an administrator who was up north to give me some ideas of what her experiences are as well. And her simplest definition is someone with high administrative giftings is able to see the big picture and then break it down into manage manageable bites so that the project can be completed efficiently and effectively. A strength would be the ability to catalog, organize, and generally think through the details and steps needed to reach a goal. Um, 
some people have gifts of remembering things to a T, like names, faces, that's a, a strength. Um, challenges would be focusing too much on a task and you know, missing the person's need in, right in front of you, or being too rigid. Um, our spiritual gifts, I think that sometimes in some environments you might find that you aren't as um, spiritual because you don't have the gift of you know, speaking out. And that's the lie of the enemy. And so I think people, the culture like of today sometimes is always focusing on like the speaking and this and that, and that you're substandard if you're not doing that. But um, that's not in God's kingdom. And so just know that you, your gift is a gift. And it's critical. And um, so some biblical examples of the gift of administration. And can you imagine like the church is a new church? I mean, Jesus um, in the early days, you know, he creates a church. He goes up, is resurrected, and then there's all these people. I mean, how did they administrate? How did they pull like all these new believers together? All they knew, the model they had was a synagogue, you know, but now it's like they had a big administration helped in the early church like how did they pull all these people together um, did you know that like in Acts 6 2 and 3 um, it's one of the first accounts that I read about a pastoral problem arose because money was being distributed unfairly among the widows and there's complaining and like it was an, a lack of fairness in how much each widow was receiving Acts 6, 2, and 3. And so the disciples, like, they didn't want to be distracted by serving tables. So they asked for people to put names in and who do you respect and who can help. And so they could devote themselves to the word. I always thought, why did that person have to be, like, so spiritual to serve tables? But you know what the serving tables really means? Um, it was to occupy ourselves with financial and administrative matters. So when you read in Acts 6 and they talk about serving tables, it's about um, they wanted somebody who could help with the financial and administrative matters. Did you guys know that? I just learned that one. I mean, Joseph, I mean, what would have happened to the people in the world if he didn't use his administrative gift? People from all over the world were sustained by food, the food system that he was in charge of. So that's a business model. I mean, it was, he wasn't in a church building. He was feeding the people in the world. There was a system. Could you share, what was your name, sir? Jason. Jason. Like you said that you were interested in understanding administration in a corporate, like a business and ministerial setting. Yeah, so I've been working in HR now for like four years um, and been exposed to a lot of it you know, working as a HR manager. Um, I'm actually in, in between jobs and I don't know whether, I don't know what the board's going to do because there's HR manage, manager roles that I'm like interviewing for, um, op operations manager roles I'm applying, applying for and interviewing for. Um, so the, the corporate side, you know, I went to school for, you know, I, I'm degreed in, in human, human resources. 
So I have that, I have experience under my belt there, I have mentors. Um, but when it comes to the church, um, I'm taking classes to become a certified pastor. We actually got done with all of our classes, now going into the, the internship. A lot of the books that I read actually overlap the secular business realm into the church realm in regards to admin, operations, management, finances, the list goes on, which is super cool because I'm able to apply a lot of the skills mm-hmm. right into that, uh, especially with the church plant going on and then with the call to the, the state planting, what is it, a thousand churches in 10 years or something along those lines. So yeah, so it's super, super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I'm not the only one who has a mentor or a bug to be like, okay, can the church develop a structure that can be multiplied across multiple churches? And that's where my bug's at. You know, that's where the Lord's really prodded me to use this as like a, uh, a blueprint launch and then to see what the church can do. Yeah. Um, and talk with other, you know, leaders around. That's where my bug's at. But I'm, so not as much being a pastor, maybe starting as being a pastor, but then creating a template, a blueprint, and then to help multiply. Um, you know what's funny? Okay, I have a heart for dinner table churches and, and the exact same thing. So like when we think logistically, the exact same thing. It's like I have a heart for like missional living, dinner table churches, and I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll start one. And I am going through this, um, like, Church Multiplication Network, they have an eight-week cohort, and you can, they just help you start thinking and identifying and soul-searching, and my heart, I thought, as an administrator and logistic person, I just have this heart, I'm like, okay, let's um, maybe just start and do it, but then create a blueprint and have like a network of dinner table churches and missional living, and just create a template of like to help multiply that. So you, as um, like you said with a buddy, you're going to do this so you can find out what your strength is and what your gifting and passion and calling is and then what is his. And This is a, a pastor, straight up pastor and teacher. Me, yes, I can, but I'm more of a leadership guy, more of a coach. I love, fit, I love fitness, I love nutrition, but I love to encourage. Yeah. I love, I love to, to be healthy in every realm. Yeah, <laughs> And, and so I really feel God's heart and passion is to just, I think the church's days of being locked in the walls and locked in with a certain mentality are over. It's like God wants to get out of the church walls. He wants each of you guys, ladies and gentlemen, to develop and, and to grow into what he's put in you. And there's, we've been so restrictive by the mentality, oh, I'm not this, so I'm not. And there's been so many, like, just lies keeping us down and God wants to tap into each one of us and develop and grow and reach our full potential and and you mentioned that you work and there's worship and there's um, a lot of different things um, I've also spent close to 13 years with Marathon Petroleum one of the things I would encourage you not to confuse is administration and leadership because I'm a manager and, and this was a very personal journey that, that's occurred the last couple of years. But God helped me see that what I thought I wanted as a, to be a manager was not where I would have been happy. I, I would have been miserable. When I see it play out, I would have been miserable if I had been a manager. But I am an administrator. I am that person behind the scenes. I, I love being behind the scenes. Um, it's interesting, the, the, the word Kubernetes, that actually that's actually 
a computer platform, and I'm in IT, that's actually a platform that does that. You put the code in, it figures out how to do the details. And, and that's a lot of what I mm -hmm. do. People say, here's the vision, because they're visionaries, but they don't know how to get it done. They hand it to me. I'm not a visionary, but you hand me something, <coughs> I got it, you guys go ahead and vision yourself out. Amen. Here. So I would encourage you not to, to again, not to blur those lines between manager, who probably would be a, more of a visionary, and that person who pushes forward, and that enabler in, in the mm -hmm. administration side of things, that, like you said, kind of keeps it running, yeah. the oil that keeps it running under yeah. the surface. Yeah, and, and, and how does that fit? What role would you be in yours? Would you be the visionary, or would you be the, sounds like you'd be the powerhouse behind it, helping implement it? No? Okay. But in a church setting with your business partner. So mm -hmm. that's where my strengths are at. His strengths are, like, when he teaches, like, it's just, he just has such, you know, vigor and passion. And it's, it's just, you know, incredible. He does very well at creating a team environment with, with <coughs> folks. Um, but me, I'm like, structure, drive, you know. So he may have the vision, and you're going to implement it and make it happen. Sort of, it'll be work walked out, and it'll... Since you guys have a good relationship, it, there might be a crossover. And then you're quiet back there. So t now I'm always quiet. That's, that's <laughs> I'm, I'm one to come back and basically make sure everything is going. You know, like I said, I'm the bookkeeper of our church right now. You're the oil and the engine. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's the way it is. And all I'm saying is, like, I, I, know, I love numbers. That's why I said that's why I'm the bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. God bless you. And so, um, and so my thought, my hopes today is that that we're just stirring. Okay, I have, you know, this gift and whatever it is, it's a variety, you know, and just identifying it and 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 um, bringing it to its fullness so it can develop and grow. And um, and so, like, what do you do with your gift? You identify it, but what do you do with it? You one thing is you value your gift. You know, like, it, there's too much comparison, I think, in the church body. And But he who measures himself among others is not wise. I meant to write that reference down. But, the, but, um, but he who measures himself among each other is not wise. I can't believe I didn't write that down. I'm sorry. Um, but then also 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Oh, I did write it down. I'm really... I believe it's 2 Corinthians 10, 12. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, they're not wise. Sometimes I'll, I'll sort of say it in my own words and then I do the reference. That's what I just did. <laughs> but 2 Corinthians 10, 12. So we don't measure ourselves among one another. We're not wise. And so many times when we get caught in that trap of comparison, it's like we will always end up putting ourselves down. We'll, we'll always get the short end of the stick when we put ourselves down. It's our human nature, and we can't get caught in that trap. 
I'm not as good as this, I'm not good as that. I mean, there's always going to be somebody better than you doing whatever. I mean, you have to rise up and be strong and develop in who you are and be whole in that and feel good about it. Oh, I know. Yeah, our worst enemies. Yeah, I even woke up this morning. The devil would feel just mess with your mind. It's like I, wo I, was, I woke up like too early this morning. I was kind of like laying there, and, and there was this thing hitting my emotions almost. It was hitting me, and I couldn't get away from it. And, and it wasn't a thing that made me feel good. It was just sort of making me not feel good about myself. And it's like a, a fly strip. It kind of like, do you ever walk in? to the, one of those and you get stuck and then you keep like it's like it sticks in your hair and then you're just constantly stuck and sometimes like the enemy will just put little thoughts in our mind and it's like you just stuck to it and you're and it's not truth but he doesn't want us to measure ourselves among one another if, if that car didn't have oil oh you know what I'm gonna tell my husband when he was um, my neighbor before we were married I bought his car okay Paul don't listen if you listen to this but anyhow I bought a car I didn't check the oil you know what happened? Maybe a short time after I bought the car, the engine blew. He swears that it had nothing to do with it. But who thinks to check the oil when you buy a car from somebody you know? And so I think he bought, sold it to me low on oil, and then it broke, the engine blew. Can you believe that? So the engine, yeah, check the oil if you buy a car. And I, and you know what, I knew this one lady that had oil change at these national chains and they didn't put the oil in and her engine blew. It was a lawsuit. So always check your oil. When you get home, I have to drive to Dayton. I might, <laughs> I'll make sure that they put oil in my car. But it's like we are the oil. And often we won't get praise. We won't even get recognized. They won't even know we did anything. But if something goes wrong, they'll know it. <laughs> like if we're planning an event, you know, we may not get the recognition or like, oh, you did good. Hmm. But oh, something's wrong. They notice. <laughs> so basically, we have to value our gift. God made us a certain way. Value your gift. Don't compare yourself to others. You'll always end up on the short end because it's human nature to minimize yourself. Um, and love. Who wants to be a clanging symbol? I almost, if I had symbols, I would have brought them. When you use your gift, you have to have love because otherwise you'll be a clanging symbol. Like 1 Corinthians 12 31. Um, well, it's talking about covet earnestly the best gifts. What does that mean? I, I think people might naturally think, oh, I have to covet like speaking and being up in front of everybody on the platform you know what I mean like covet the best gifts you know because it's like the first one that's not what he's saying the best gift is like um what it's like for you is like what benefits the body of Christ you know what I mean and like walking in love and um using our gift with operating in love if we um so the gifts aren't better than one another and that could be just the root of the wrong mindset of people trying to climb up to the platform ladder. And that's God's blasting that away with a new wine. He's, when you start your church, it's like there's a movement, I really feel from the heart of God, to get outside of the church and develop people. Just develop people. Make disciples. Get out of the religious mindset. And then when we all get together, we go to a church building. 
I'm not anti-church, but I think the emphasis has to be on developing and making people and helping people develop and grow in their gifts. Who are they in Christ? You know, and um, the Matthew Henry, Henry commentary, I kind of was Googling some things about gifts and a few points. You know, men may esteem the gifts that will raise their fame and esteem them the highest. Mm, that's not God's heart. Those are truly the best gifts by which God is most honored and the church is edified. So when you do your bookkeeping and you do your, like the, I know you mentioned worship and other things, you know, the IT and everything that you do, it's like um, you're just fitting in like a piece of the puzzle. And um, gifts may be valued for their use, but they're, mischievous when made the fuel of pride and contention. <laughs> Truly, charity is greatly to be preferred to the most glorious gifts. Without love, the most glorious gifts are nothing or of no account to us, no esteem in the sight of God. <laughs> Maybe like clanging symbols. So what do you do with your gift? Like develop and grow. I know I need to be more technical. And that's the funniest thing. I discovered and been walking in I have the gift of administration, but I am not a technical person. That is what is so funny about it. I need to learn. I want to take some, I mean, I'm doing some Google Drive, you know, I'm for the mentoring task force, and I'm, you know, just know enough to be dangerous, I say. But I think, you know, to help developing your gifts, like what are classes you can take and the technical component. Um, Google Drive and just, um, grow in, in things in the natural like are there things out there that you have found that can help develop and grow in your administrative gift any resources anybody wants to share please oh. <laughs> anything that's been helpful okay diversity and inclusion yeah but really thinking about the individual person um, we found it with our children being fair with them didn't mean that we did the same thing for both of them because they're different people right. at work I have to deal with if I had a boss one time that she came in she was getting weekly notes and I needed to shut up and give her weekly notes and that was it and she'd get out other times people she'd come in and she had time to talk certain people wanted to talk others wanted to get a tax and get going so yeah and that happens, I think, it happens in the church the same way it does in business because we're still people. And if you learn that love, getting back to your point, that makes us better business people. It makes us better working the church because we love the person first and we help them with our administrative gifts and the love tempers are sometimes mm -hmm. our desire just to get it right, get it done, next item. <laughs> Um, as my, as I've helped with like the mentoring task force, like if you'd have to do an internship and you do it through OSAM, you most likely get an email from me, and we'll, you know, we walk you through the process. And you're the one I received. What's your what's, what's your name? Jason Jason Wolf. You emailed me a couple. Yeah, of weeks Katrina ago. Miller. Hi. <laughs> and then you are. Oh hi, yeah. hi Dorothy. <laughs> and yeah, and so basically, um, you know, I'll like reach out in my heart. And passion is to help people develop and grow. I feel like if something, my lips are all, I'm all 
try here, but um, but to help people develop and grow. And so even as we talk about our administrative gift, some things I was reading, it just helps people. It's like you, you're not only doing something in a little department. I mean, God's an administrator. Could you, like when he created the whole, everything, I mean, he had to have some administration going on, you know? Yeah, and so it's a God-given ability, and you can carry it into every area, like with the mentoring task force, like helping people develop and grow into their gift and calling. Um, as an administrator, I'm sure you've counseled more people than you can count on your hand in your office, you know, being an administrator. Um, my rules overlap a lot, I'm sure. And then, um, oh yeah, and then making disciples is a passion of mine. Like, so it's kind of like the mentoring, like when you do administrative, you, you just want people to develop and grow. You want like processes, you want things to develop and grow and evolve. And um, my underlining for me is like making disciples. And like my next class, I'm not putting a plug in, but I, but, but I am, um, but really making disciples, like followers and, and, and how um, Jesus, okay, this is a commercial, okay, but, um, but I'm, next session I'm talking about making disciples the way Jesus did, and I was like, I didn't know the answer when I had to turn the title in, I'm like, okay, you know, and so I sort of had discipleship, Jesus, great commission in my heart, you know, and then I like, I kept going on the other side of go, like looking at Jesus' life. So he came and lived the Great Commission among us, and he was sent, and then he lived out the Great Commission. He was empowered by the Spirit. He, um, everything he did, he like the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, you know? And so everything he did, he did empowered by the Spirit. And now he's like, go, it's your turn, because like I'm sending somebody to you. I'm the, per like he, he walked among us, and now he sent the Spirit to kind of be with us, and so it's all about connecting with, you know, the person, the Holy Spirit, and then going from that place. But I don't know, I just sort of throw that out there because that's my next class. But let's tie it into administration. With the move of God, with revival, okay? Yeah, we, we have a great commission because there's a huge harvest. So how, how is Ohio for Jesus? I mean, they need administrators for Ohio for Jesus. Yes, I knew there was a reason I brought it up. Ohio for Jesus. How are we going to bring in the harvest? We need administrators like Joseph, you know, and Nehemiah built the wall, and he was a cupbearer, and, you know, he wanted to get all these people together to rebuild the wall. Um, there's so many numerous examples. So we need administrators for the revival coming up. Yes, I knew there was a reason I brought that up. So um, we all have a place. So that's pretty much it for my notes. I know that um, discussion or questions or <coughs> just hallelujah, you're done, you know. <laughs> but um, did any, what's, I want to make sure that you have a takeaway. When you leave here, like, what were you looking for and did you get it? And if not, let's talk in, like, dialogue. We have a few minutes. Is there, what is, like, a pending question in your thoughts? Or did you leave, like, the I want you to leave um, equal playing field, your gift of administration, you're part of the body of Christ, it's a true empowerment, your individual gifting, together we make up the body of Christ. Um, be empowered, yeah, I'm an administrator, hoo-hoo, you know? Like, be like Tigger, not Eeyore. Yeah, I'm an administrator. Yeah, I'm an administrator. Like, be like Tigger, not Eeyore, right? And just sort of um, know that it's a gifting of God. It's, in, it's who we are, and it's good. 
and that we're part of the body and that we are we steer the ship into the harbor and we do it with love and we don't seek to promote ourselves but we want to develop and grow and we want to organize it's a natural gifting to develop and to organize and think logistically and pull things together and channel it for the glory of God so that's what we do we're an administrator hear us roar okay so what else like what did we not talk about that is looming in your brain and you want us to say hey what systems does your church use or what does OSOM use? Like, you know, example, there's uh, HR, HR, HRMs, HCMs, like on the corporate side, like the human capital mm -hmm. management side, um, or paychecks, or list, list goes on, right? Mm -hmm. um, what have you used inside of a church or OSOM? Well, I know for the mentoring task force, we have, and also the kids ministry, I, I'm an area rep for Kidmen and the network of women ministers, and I know for Stacy Petty and the um, Kidmen, they use Google Drive, and they have sheets, um, and then also the mentoring task force, we use Google Drive, and we can make sheets, and then we can make documents, and then it's real time, so Google Drive is what we've used. Um, I know the church, um, I was interim kids director recently at New Spring Church in Spring Girl, and I know for like scheduling and organizing, they've used like planning center, and you can um, take the orange curriculum, say from the kids church, and you can like put it into the actual scheduling, and the people can upload it as soon as they accept the assignment. So planning center is big, and you can use that for child check-in, you can use it for all areas. Um, I was going to ask you what you use, but also, David, you're an IT person. You might have a thought as well. Oh, well, our, our church uses Planet Center. We use it for music, but we've got the kids' ministries on here. Right. And that's probably closer to the capital management system. I think a lot of churches use planning center. Mm -hmm. Are you talking, what are you, when you ask what system do they use, are you talking for, um, are you my next class? talking about like, um, words just flew out of my head. Um, are you talking about like the data, like gate, address, that kind of data? Or are you talking about um, organization of your service, like planning center would be? What what systems? I'm not familiar with the secular world as far as administrating. I use the Okay. Because I use both on the corporate side. Platforms to where they both are separate, to where um, basically it's a payroll side of things. You basically have all the entry stuff, employee information stuff, but then okay. anything external would be like savings side of employee files, or you could have an, an ERP, uh, which is uh, an enter enterprise resource card, which can have everything. I mean, save okay. you know, docu documents to it, and write ups, and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. The same thing as like a, a incident report at a church, you know, um, a child like, you know, is is uh, accusing uh, a, a leader of like touching them or so. Okay. What do you do? What do you what do you do? Like, so you need to make sure you have documents there and everything. everything. How do you as a church store it, and how do you guys go about? Right. Okay. Um, the church that I just left, we use church teams. Um, I think. Realm. Church Realm. teams we is all realms. one word. Um, Realm is also, uh, my parents' church 
um, their radiant life in Dublin. They use Realm. We you use say Realm. use Realm? Yeah, okay. Realm. Um, Realm is really good. Church teams is what I'm familiar with. But like all of our documents for background checks are stored in there. Um, yeah, Realm lets you do background checks and you can store documents. Right. Right. You so safe I, I think they're pretty similar. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not sure about Realm, but like church teams, we can't really do like our order of service in there. We can do some scheduling within church teams, but we still use planning center as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if Realm is any different. Realm, you can do a, like, you can do a calendar and schedule pieces. Okay. I didn't know if you could do like your order of service or, you know, but those are good to look into. And I know that um, the people at church teams, because I'm familiar with it, you know, if you have a question, you email them or you call them, and they're happy to walk you through stuff. You know, if I couldn't figure out how to, because I was self-taught on it, you know, they did, you know, my pastor says, hey, we're getting this. Yeah. Um, I need you to learn it. And I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. So I sat through their little webinar. You know, we were on the phone with each other. We talked, asked questions. And then it was self-taught. So, you know, I just went in and I started plugging in information. And all of our financials, is also stored in church teams. Um, so if someone has given, that information is there. And then you have different people can access church teams at different levels. So you have the all access, um, like your pastor or your financial person would have access to all the information. As an admin, I did not have access to the financial information. Um, but I could change addresses, phone numbers, birth dates, all that kind of stuff. It really is, and I mean, I've heard a lot of good things about Realm, too. It just, it, whatever fits your church dynamic, yeah. um, and I know there's costs involved with both. I yeah. no clue, that wasn't my, that wasn't my spot, so, um, but church teams and Realm are good, and then, of course, Planning Center is awesome, mm -hmm. too, for organizing your volunteers. Um. Google Drive is good because if you like say use a Word document and then you email it to somebody then they it's like it's always like so much effort and there's so much interaction like you send it and then you fix it then you gotta right. but when it's Google Drive it's like you can both open it up at the same time and look at it in real time and you can make a change and it's right there. Right and I'm not familiar with Google Drive as much because my kids use it at school. And so they're talking about it all the time. And, you know, my son is like, Mom, can you look at this document for me? You know, I need to turn it in. And mm -hmm. he needed me to proofread it. So I'm looking it over. And all of a sudden, the words start changing. I'm like, what in the world? I didn't touch anything. He's like, Mom, I'm fixing it. I'm like, you're what? <laughs> and I'm freaking out because stuff yeah. is disappearing. You know, I thought I was deleting his assignment, and I was about to just die, okay? Mm -hmm. Because he had spent hours on this assignment. My kids say it's ADHD, so homework is a nightmare to begin with. But anyways, that's a side point. So mm -hmm. he's sitting there in real time, like you said, and he's just typing away. And I'm like, how do you want me to fix this and read this if you're changing it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think that can be a vital asset, too, among, you know, sharing documents, because with my limited knowledge of it, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're constantly sharing the bulletin or mm -hmm. you know, whatever. 
I think that could be a key resource for anyone in church settings. Mm -hmm. Now one, one more word of warning. If you've got something like that in a collaborative environment, um, OneDrive is the same way. Yeah. Microsoft Office 365 and OneDrive. When you get a final version of that, though, especially if it's a policy type document, make sure that you take it into a form that is either can't be modified, like a PDF, or you put it somewhere where it's secured, where people <coughs> can modify it. Because if you don't, mm -hmm. then that, that document can always change. Mm -hmm. And there are certain documents you need to be careful that you don't let change. That's where maybe more oh, right. of a management system comes into play mm -hmm. versus a collaboration yeah. tool. Because those are right. two separate pieces. Well, so like when you're writing your church bylaws, you know, and you have everybody working together right. to do it, but once it's finalized, it's what you're saying yeah. is to mm -hmm. separate it yeah. so that no one else can change it. Or lock it. Right, lock it right. Yeah. Okay. That makes that makes a lot, mm -hmm. especially with anything that would be legal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Put words That's in your mouth, like, hmm. <laughs> See, your, your guys' church is just using, like, Microsoft, you know, um, Document Explorer, where you guys are just saving into files. You guys are actually uploading things to, like, a system or so, and you guys use a system. You guys aren't just, like, putting it into, like, a folder. That's um, really we favorite. use, um, like, we have a shared drive. Churches in Youngstown. Like tons of, tons of like uh, Victory campuses there, and I imagine they're not just they're, they're not just saving it into like a you know Windows you know folder. No, we use Dropbox, mm -hmm. um, but of course I was in a smaller church. Um, we I mean we had maybe sixty-ish, um, sixty to seventy-five on a given Sunday. Yeah. Um, now if everybody all came on the same Sunday, we have like 120. Um, but yeah, you laugh, right? <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, that's nobody ever comes off, you know. But we use Dropbox because we're small, and there's not a whole lot of stuff that we needed to really share. Now, a larger church, you Thanks. might need something um, more, something that you have to pay for. Like Dropbox is free to have your own personal. I don't know if we have to pay for the one we use for the church, but then anybody has access to your documents. Yeah. Um, but like he said, you know, with that, you have to be careful that you have something in a safe place or, you know, even paper copies. I know that's becoming less and less, but like all of our, all of our background checks, we ran paper copies and we keep them on file in the church office, which was my living room. <laughs> so, uh, or well, part of my living room. But, they're stored in the file, so they're there. So if for some reason the one that is on file would get changed, we have the paper copy that we turned off that was the original, and we can say, no, this is what it says. Um, you know, and that went for a lot of our legal docs, like our bylaws, all that's printed out um, and stored. Um, but I mean, there's so many different, I'm still learning all the technological stuff behind administration. Um, so all these things are still pretty new to me, mm -hmm. but 
you know, if you're just starting a church, it's something you definitely want to look into. Cool. Well, I want to thank you all for coming. I hope it was beneficial to you and dialogue. And when a chef makes dinner, he always wants people to leave with something. So I pray that you receive something and enjoyed the dialogue.